Mutiny Sports, your sports, your way, the way it should be. To join the Mutiny Sports family, go to our Facebook page and message any of our family of Mutiny Sports pages. From NFL to NCAA, we have it all. All right, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Mutiny Sports, the podcast. Um, I am your host, one of your hosts. We have four co-hosts. I am Dante. Um, and before we get to the rest of the introduction, we have some breaking news. About, what, a minute and a half now ago? It was announced at 8.25 on a Wednesday evening, March 30th, that Bruce Arians will officially be stepping down as the head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He will be stepping into the front office, and Todd Bowles will be taking over as the head coach. Um, let's finish up our introductions, and let's talk about that. We'll just go with our other resident Floridian next. I'm back, baby. Just missed the last <laughs> two podcasts, so I'm cold, and I, I don't I don't even know what to say right now. I'm actually... <laughs> I'm, I'm befuddled. Like I think we're all stunned. Um, this was a very interesting time to start the podcast. Then we'll wrap this up with our um, resident Yankee. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Oh, I wish you wouldn't call me that because that lumps me in with Yankees fans. <laughs> but I am uh, from closer to Buffalo. Uh, I am Josh Wilson. I am your uh, Bills, Mets, Blue Jays, Sabres, Leafs, Cornell, Big Red, uh, Admin. Uh, it's great to be here. All right, let's talk about this. Um, to me, this screams Bill O'Brien Part 2. You have a coach who's been mediocre. He gets a stud quarterback, has two great seasons, and... Two above-average seasons. Last season wasn't great by any means. And the year before wasn't really great till they got to the playoffs and went on that little bit of a tear. Um, clearly, he can't keep a locker room together with Antonio Brown deciding to quit midway through the game. A lot of people saying the locker atmosphere. I, I get it. I, I see that. I see you, Cole. It's Antonio Brown. But a lot of players, even after that game, said the locker room atmosphere has been a little weird for the last month and a half or so. Um. There were a couple of players that came to Antonio Brown's defense in that. Not a lot, which doesn't surprise me. But but this just screams head coach that got a taste of success, wanted to move to the front office, and the team obliged. And we've seen this story before with Bill O'Brien. He got Deshaun Watson. He had a great year with Deshaun Watson that wasn't really great, especially in the NFC or the AFC South and the way it looked that year being so bad. Um, and then he ended up, getting the GM position on top of being a head coach and fell apart and was fired two years later. So what's your take on this guys? Does uh, Tom Brady re retire? Like, I don't, I don't think he's going to play with Bulls. Arians being there was a part, big part of him deciding to come back, right? Yeah, he's not, he's not going to want to play with Bulls. So either he's going to re retire or they're going to trade him or he's going to find or some way not. out. There's, there's no longer plans in place for him to be a Buccaneer moving forward. And maybe that's why, Miami's going all in on stud receivers because Tom Brady's never really played with stud receivers, quote unquote. Well, there was uh, that whole rumor thing that got shut down by what was it, Mike McDaniel's, and I'm like, I don't know. Was when a coach shuts down a rumor that quick, it kind of makes you wonder even more. Yeah, when you're trying to keep the media attention off of you, how much is really going on there? I heard there might have been some issues between him and Brady, though. I wonder oh, if. Well. Brady coming have back to, might have had part of something to do with this. I would have to think that there were issues when he, when Brady, while Brady was tired, re, was retired, he was making comments about if Tom Brady were to unretire, we would not trade him. We are not letting him leave. Like it, it basically felt like a hostage situation for Brady, which was really surprising to me that he came out of retirement after those comments were made. True. So I almost wonder if this isn't because of Tom Brady. If Tom Brady didn't go to the front office and say, hey, listen, I'll come back, but he can't be the head coach, and they wanted to separate it long enough to get rid of speculation. You conspiracy theorist, you. Yeah, I... I mean, <laughs> how many conspiracy theories have I come up with, and how often am I wrong? Let's be real here. Uh, there's quite a few, but I digress. 
I mean, this is just, it, it very much feels like that eerie, they are trying their hardest to avoid a public embarrassment, but Tom Brady had requirements for his return. It just feels, the timing of it all feels weird. Don't you think Bruce Arians would have moved to the front office before the beginning of the league year? But yeah. Before the tamp- the legal tampering period started, when when he could officially start being the the fr- a front office member, don't you think he would have moved a little sooner? But do you really think Brady wants to play as Bowles as his head coach? Bowles is defensive minded. So was Bill Belichick. Um, that's, you know, that's actually a very solid point. The Bucks' defense was kind of lacking last year, which is a large part of why they didn't make it farther into the playoffs than they did. I could see Brady be like, hey, you do what you got to do. Don't worry about the offense. I got it. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's what Brady did in New England. Yeah, I'd say his entire team. He told Teller, hey, listen, you do what you got to do with the defense. I'll run the offense. We'll be good to go. There's a reason so many offensive coordinators from New England have gone to get big head coaching jobs and have fizzled out as head coaches because they didn't actually do anything in New England. How many chances is Josh McDaniels going to get? Yeah, no kidding. Josh, what do you got on this? I, I'm i just dumbfounded, honestly. Like, there are so many things. Like, I almost wonder if this was a move to keep Brady from wanting to go elsewhere. That's what I'm saying. I just right. very much like this was a keep Brady happy type deal. Right. And that just, I don't know. It doesn't sit. It, it sits weird. The way the news landed, the way this was all announced, the timeline of everything just doesn't sit right. And I apologize, while doing this, I was also straight posting a thing to the page. So you're fine. Hey, content creating is a full-time job. You gotta do what you gotta do. I just, I wanted to get that up right away. All right, well, since we started the episode on a stunner like that, let's just keep this thing rolling. Let's head right into our overreactions for the week. Same uh, policy as before, same uh, setup. I'll give my overreaction, I'll give them a chance to um, react, and I'll give my second overreaction, and I'll get another chance to react. Um, We're going to change some things up here, okay? So, my overreaction number one. This will be, this is the new one. This is the one I've changed here. Tom Brady, Todd Bowles, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers will not win their division this year. Um... I think age starts to catch up to Tom Brady this season. I think he was starting to feel that at the end of towards the end of last season and you kind of saw a drop off. Not a huge drop off, not LeBron James level drop off, but a drop off nonetheless. He's starting to slow down a little bit. He's not starting he's not putting up the monster numbers he used to anymore. He was still an MVP level player, but he was an MVP level player because he was surrounded by weapons. And that offense was just insane all season long. Then he got to the playoffs and wasn't really the same Brady we're used to seeing in the playoffs. Granted, he ran into the buzzsaw that was the Los Angeles Rams who just, you couldn't touch him in the playoffs. No matter how close you got, you you couldn't touch him. But I think Tom Brady starts to slow down. I think you're going to try to teach an old dog new tricks because I don't think Todd Bowles' offense is going to be the same look as Bruce Arians. I think unless Tom, Todd Bowles just gives Brady full reign of the offense, you're going to have to in, implement something new. And like the saying goes, you can't te- teach an old dog new tricks. Brady's going to have to adjust from hitting the deep shots over the middle that he's been able to do his entire career to having to hit checkdowns. And you're going to see a 2018 Ben type look where Ben was still good, but Ben wasn't Ben anymore. Ben wasn't hitting the long ball. Ben was having to divert to underneath reads and let his receivers make plays for him. Um, That offensive line is still a little shaky, and Leonard Fournette has yet to prove that he can consistently be the guy at the running back, and he's back in Tampa. Um, I I just think 
when you look at it and you look at the situation surrounding the Bucks, I think they still make the playoffs on a wild card. But right now, I believe that the New Orleans Saints are in a better position to win. Go ahead and react. That is the easiest division in football to win. If Brady himself, without an offensive line, can't win that division, then he should have never came back, regardless of head coach. Here's the thing, though. It could be seven on seven, he's going to win it. Something we all forget about. The Saints, who haven't really changed a whole lot this offseason, they didn't lose pieces, they mostly added, were leading that division when Jameis Winston got hurt week six. I just, I, do you really trust Jameis Winston for a whole season? Because we never got to see that last year. And when the last time you saw it, he was a Bucks and he threw 30 for 30. Yeah. I mean, that's fair. That is a fair evaluation. But Jameis Winston, he allegedly had LASIK. He got in a system that better fit him, where they were willing to take a chance on him. The Bucks were never really willing to give him the keys to the offense. Is Michael Thomas going to come back? That's the thing. There's a whole. He was doing it without Michael Thomas, though. Michael Thomas didn't play this season. He did it for how many games? And then he got hurt. He got hurt, what, on six. Halloween or something like that? Yeah, he played six games. That's so kind of a small sample a size. A lot better than he was last year. Yes, time. I'll give you that. He'll, he looked a lot better he, than he did on the Bucks. But, but no, that team, I think that team in New Orleans is more complete than the team Brady's got around him right now. No, absolutely not. They have a better defense. The, the Saints? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. They also have a better offensive line, and if Kamara isn't going to jail, they have a better running back. Well, it's we don't know about the Kamara shit, so I really can't If Kamara that. comes back, I still think the Saints, even if Kamara doesn't come back, they've got other guys behind Kamara that can run the ball real well. Um, Mark Ingram is still there, and Mark Ingram is not a bad running back. He is the worst Alabama running back to play in the league since 2012. But he is not a bad running back. Alabama, he's the worst Alabama running back because Alabama has produced the likes of Derrick Henry. Harris, Derrick Henry, Josh Jacobs. I mean, uh, you can't say had... the worst because you forgot about Trent Richardson. Ah, uh, he's worse than Trent Richardson. Trent Richardson. No, the hell is Trent? Trent Richardson dropped off the stud if he wants to be. He Kit, dropped well, off the face of the earth. He did. Okay, he's the second worst run Alabama running back. <laughs> I don't count Trent, Trent Richardson most of the time because Trent Richardson played, what, like seven games in the NFL before he disappeared? <laughs> Whatever he did. I mean, he had 27 carries for like 64 yards his entire career. Let's be honest. We, we all literally forgot about him. Yeah, no. So... I, I redact my statement that Trent Richard can, Richardson could be a stud. I just like pissing um, Cole off. So that's all. <laughs> so I'd agree with you. If they didn't play in the NFC South against the Atlanta Falcons, the Carolina Panthers, and the New Orleans Saints. The Saints are going to give them the best run for their money, but they've still, they're still only a year removed from going to a Super Bowl, The fact of the Tom matter Brady here, is still their quarterback. The fact of the matter here is when the Saints have... A semi-competent starting quarterback, Teddy Bridgewater, Drew Brees, Jameis Winston. Tom Brady has never led that division when the Saints have a semi-competent quarterback under center. Not a tight end, a semi-competent quarterback. Tom Brady has yet to lead that division when the Saints' first seed or second seed quarterback is playing. Trevor Simeon went down. And it ended up being Taysom Hill and Devin Book. And it was awful. It was Ian terrible. Book. Ian Book, whatever. Um, I, I get him and that stupid basketball player out west that's dating a Kardashian. Sure, yeah. Or confused all the time. But when Tom Brady has to play a legitimate, another legitimate quarterback in that division, he has yet to, be, to lead the Saints at any point in his time in the AFC South. Or NFC so South. what what I'm what I'm hearing is you're saying Jameis Winston's better than Tom Brady. I'm not saying J- Jameis Winston is better than Tom Brady. I'm just saying Jameis Winston is a competent quarterback, semi-competent quarterback, and was leading the division before he went down. It, Tom Brady should have been ashamed. And but how much of that 
for the Saints was Sean Payton as their head coach, who and that's is no battle. longer their coach. But the problem is, you can't. Then you can also have to look at the fact that Bruce Arians, who was Tom Brady's head coach, is also no longer their head coach. But Sean so Payton was an offensive mastermind. Look? He was an offensive mastermind that made that thing click. They don't have so, that anymore. They yeah. have a very rough defense and no more offensive mastermind. And yes, you're right. Bruce Arians was the head coach of the. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but Tom Brady is, excuse me, I'm going to throw up a little bit as I say this, probably the best quarterback to ever play the game. I don't know. Mark Sanchez would like a word. <laughs> Mr. <Jesus>. Buckumble. <laughs> that was the single greatest play in all of NFL history. And you can't say it was. That's all you need. <laughs> He couldn't even put balls in his own teammates' butt properly. Jesus. That's going to have to be edited out. Obviously. Yeah. We'll end up off of Spotify again. Spotify's going to be like, listen, I understand that your last episode was the was a record breaker, but it's also currently your last episode. <laughs> you just got to you just got to build up and just keep getting better and better episodes and we can just start saying whatever we want. Yeah, Spotify can like our just customers. like uh, Seth Rogen. Like Joe Rogan. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Joe Rogan. Seth Rogen is a beautiful man. You leave him alone. I I screwed up my Rogans. I love Seth Rogen. He's Canadian. As long as you don't screw up your Rogaine, <laughs> he'll be bald. All right. Um, that's enough for the first overreaction because we <laughs> I said something about putting balls in a teammates, but and it went off the rails real fast. Yes, it did. Too bad Des um, wasn't here for that. That's going to go on a bloopers reel that we end up posting to the page or something at some point. <laughs> we need to start doing that. Just save all the edit out. I, I, have, I have bloopers saved in a separate file to put all together. Nice. Um. Anyways, let's go into my second overreaction. My second overreaction is this, and this is going to stun a lot of people. Obviously, this is barring a massive move now following... Um, Arians no longer being the head coach in Tampa. And if that means that Tom Brady moves somewhere, which his most likely landing spot, if not Tampa Bay, is Miami. Um, God, I fucking hope not. But here's my take. The Miami Dolphins will be the worst team in the AFC North. No, not North. East. AFC East. 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 That's the division they're in. They will be the worst team in that division. Here's why. They had speed. They did. They had speed last year. They had Jalen Waddle. They had Mike Gesicki. And they have a very fast quarterback. They added Tyreek Hill, who was aided by arguably the best quarterback of this generation of quarterbacks. Joe, Joe Burrow, maybe, but we have to see what he can do. We've, we've seen him fully healthy for one season. And... Patrick Mahomes has sustained this level of greatness for four years. So once we get into that area territory where they've both been in the league for like six, six and eight years or whatever, and we can look and compare and he's kept up the same pace, then fine. We can make that comparison. But right now, Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback of this generation. So Tyreek Hill had Patrick Mahomes throwing to him. Tyreek Hill looked good because Patrick Mahomes put the ball into some really shady places. Wow, we're just really all about very bad context tonight. Got it. <laughs> but but he fit the ball in some really tight spots, and I'm going to <laughs> Jesus. He fit the I ball. was going to say something, it, but I didn't won't. lose it, I was losing it. <laughs> I was going to say something, but I won't. He, he fit the ball into really some really tight spots. He put... He, he made Tyreek Hill look better than Tyreek Hill was. Yeah, Tyreek Hill could lose his defender. But the thing is, then you had safeties that you have to deal with. This is a different era of football. This isn't the era where speed kills that Randy Moss played in, where if you beat the cornerback, you were free to go because the safety was playing the middle portion of the field and wasn't paying attention to the outside receiver. This is, a, this is an era of football where Tyreek Hill was beating a cornerback when the, and was immediately covered two seconds later again. Patrick Mahomes was able to make the reads consistently enough to get the ball to him. Now he's going to go play with Tua Tungavaloa, who is the opposite of Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield's biggest accomplishment was the league's 
longest incomplete pass. I'm pretty sure Tua might have incomplete passes for like negative yards, like negative yards thrown. I, I'm convinced that he might. Um, Tua just doesn't have arm strength. I don't know why we thought he was good in Bama. He hit, threw a lot of screens and he threw a lot of slants. He is the quarterback version of Michael Thomas. And Tyreek Hill is going to figure out what it feels like to go from p- driving a Bugatti to driving a Volkswagen Jetta real fast. And it, it's going to be a Funny. dumpster fire. It, it's going to be hilarious, but it's going to be a dumpster fire in Miami. They have a new head coach who has not proven that. Let's Let's be honest. That San Francisco offense did not look good this season. That defense carried them. Tua Tungavaloa has yet to prove that he can do anything successful in this league. That defense in Miami is going to suffer greatly now that you've lost Brian Flores to the Steelers because you were idiots. They don't have a run game. They don't have an offensive line. Their best skill position is wide receivers. Congratulations. You have guys that are going to be 70 yards downfield with a guy who can throw 35 yards max. Congratulations. You played yourself. You traded away your future to cash in on one season with the most overrated rookie quarterback of all time. The fact that we were tanking for a Tua who had a shattered hip was astonishing enough. To then think that he was going to amount to anything in the NFL was even more astonishing. The fact now that the Miami Dolphins are the second biggest favorite to win that division, according to Vegas, is bizarre. The Patriots are still better. The Jets, in my opinion, are better. And the Buffalo Bills are clearly better. Go ahead and react. I know Cole's got things to say. I just got three words, and I'm not even going to dive into it. Just three words. New York Jets. Like... That's it. That's all there needs to be. I don't have to explain myself. It's the New York Jets. They will find a way every year. Even when they're supposed to be better than someone in that division, they will find a way to be the worst team in that division, no matter what. I'm going to agree with Cole. I mean, I still think the Jets are going to be the worst team just because, I mean, I'll say it again, the butt fumble. I mean, that wasn't all Sanchez. That was the team he plays for, too. That sums up their entire existence i don't know he went to to denver and was just as awful I, never mind oh it's, i i know but also denver never mind i understand the organization was also the problem there god i can't wait right, to have to experience but, trubisky this year but you know the <laughs> trubisky's winning the afc i think it's gonna be funny jesus that's just <laughs> So I think it's going to be funny to watch the Dolphins and Jets battle it out to see who's worse this year while the Bills should win another divisional title easily. We'll see, you know, that might be a little bit of a race between the Bills and Patriots, but it'll be funny watching the Dolphins and Jets try to figure out who's worse. Overreaction to your, uh, or no, hot take to your overreaction. Dolphins finish second in division. Uh, Ooh. They're either going to be second in, in the division or they're going to be last. They they will not finish third. They're going to finish second or third. They're either Alan, going maybe to be even, no, they're really, not. Let me, let me really stop right good. there. Let me stop along my head. I almost said they almost finished first, but I was like, no, let me stop right there. They're, they're either going to be really, really good, or the wheels are going to fall off week three, and they're going to go full tank for a quarterback next year, because let's be honest, there's some good ones in that class. Yes. Right, they're you've not going to waste You've got Tyreek these... Hill, you, both locked up for a very long time. You move on from Tua, you load up on a good quarterback next year and you go all in on a Super Bowl in the next three years. So here's my question. Is Tua Josh Rosen 2.0? Well, absolutely. Without a doubt. He might be worse than Josh Rosen. No. Rosen was horrible. Yeah. Josh Rosen was awful, but so was Tua. Tua was starting to come on at the end of the year. Come on now. That defense won those games for him. You don't get to say you're coming on when you were averaging 12 and a half points per game over the last six. It might have been slightly more than that, but it wasn't by a lot. 
I feel like it was. I have to feel like it was a lot more than that, but okay. Let's, let me let me pull this up real quick because I, I I'm genuinely curious. I just I just don't see like did they win every game? No, I'm not saying that, but Tua was playing some. I don't want to say great or good ball at the end of the year. He was starting oh, no, to play he some did. decent he was ball. Up like thirty points a game the last few weeks. You're right. He was playing some good ball down the stretch. So maybe he figures it out. Yeah, I mean, but, they won, what was it, seven in a row, I think? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a chance. Um, yeah, and then they lost to the Titans and then beat the Patriots. So, yeah, they lost. They won seven in a row and then lost to the Titans and it just kind of really screwed everything up. Yeah, I mean, they were eliminated from the playoffs at that point. But lost no, the, the Titans' loss actually did it for them. That's what I'm saying. Oh, okay. lost to the Titans, and it, they eliminate. They were eliminated from the playoffs. Yeah, they were playing some good ball. That's all I'm saying. Tua kind of got a little figured out. Maybe give him some extra weapons. Maybe a better offensive line. I, th- I, mean, I think they'll be a lot better. Like what they were nine and eight last year. Eight and nine. <laughs> you say eight and nine? Are you saying that's what they're going to be this year? No, that's what they were last year. No, they weren't. Yeah, because they weren't. What part of the consideration to make the playoffs? They were nine and eight. No, I just you just look at it. it. <laughs> how did they make? How did they miss the playoffs and the Steelers made it? Then? Oh, I we feel... have less AFC losses. Our losses yeah. are the NFC. <laughs> Jesus, give me Dante. give me two more wins out of them. Next you year. think eleven wins? Eleven. Eleven and six. I think their cap is nine. I think their cap is nine again this year. I don't think Tyreek Hill adds that much talent. You see. He's got, I would he's got ag- a good route runner. I would agree with Cole, 11 wins, except I just don't trust Tua's ability to get his receivers the ball yet. Ty- Tyreek And Hill that's where not, you'll find out. Ty Hill is not fast. And let's not forget, not, you're talking about wide receivers. Route runner. He's just fast. You're talking about wide receivers. You forget about, like, one of the top five tight ends in the league, Gusecki. Yeah. They okay, won nine and... games with him. I'm saying that Tyreek Hill does not add a whole lot of talent to the team that only won nine games last year. I feel like it, it does have quite a bit. He's now you've got a bunch of weapons. Congratulations. Now you're going to have two guys that, he's, that are going to be underthrown instead of just one. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! I can't wait till I can shit on the Steelers. I'm not even a Dolphins fan. I don't Go even ahead. know why I'm defending Shut the Dolphins up, right now. Dolphins fan. You want, do we, should we pull up the list of teams who haven't had a losing season since twenty or since two thousand three? Because well, there's one team on it. Let's and, let's oh, renew it next year. Oh, How about that? Let's renew okay. it after this season. Okay, when we win fourteen games. Yep. <laughs> With Trubisky. Okay. Oh yeah. <laughs> Have you seen that defense? Trubisky can throw seven interceptions a game. We got this. We're good. No, you don't. <laughs> no, we're good. Ty, T.J. Watt is coming off of one of the best seasons ever by a defensive end. He's also a Watt. He's made of glass. And he still broke the sack record. And he's he made of glass. Last year. He missed four games last year. He still broke the sack record. He'll miss 10 this year. The Watts care. are made of glass. And he'll still have 20 plus sacks. <laughs> All right, I'm, I'm done with this shit. <laughs> Should we talk about Trevor Simeon, Paxton, Osweiler? Hey, before Trevor Simeon got hurt, Good he luck. actually led the league in touchdowns that year. Trevor Simeon, Paxton. Was it Paxton Lynch? Yeah, he was horrible. Paxton Lynch, Brock Osweiler, Drew Locke. Yeah. Should we talk about the shit show that you guys have had at quarterback? But we drafted those. You didn't draft Trubisky. Mitch Trubisky has been better than every single one of them in his career. He made a Pro Bowl, okay? With Matt Nagy as his head coach. <laughs> there uh, you know, is an accomplishment in itself. That right there is worthy of the Hall of Fame, goddammit. All right, with that, let's move on to our next segment. Cole, what do you have for us today? No, I'm going to go last because uh, the winner's wild cards. You're going to go picks. when I tell you to go. No, no, we winner's wild cards. And it's going up, but, and, you know, I understand that sports isn't the only thing that's in these buildings, but it's almost crazy, like, how many other 
business venues are funded like that. I mean, yes, there are tax breaks for stores and whatnot, but it seems like sports is the only thing where you really hear about the public funding. Now, I support it as a Bills fan because I didn't want to lose the team because it seems like the next thing to come up when these owners are trying to get the public funding is the will they relocate rumors and nobody ever wants to see that but so it just almost becomes like a game of chicken and you know i can see both sides of it you know people don't want to fund a building that they're never going to go to and i guess one thing i'd like to see that i really haven't noticed um like i so i think the state and county will own the building so because there is a lease on it so from that standpoint i can understand them owning it but not much is going to go on there other than bills games and a small handful of concerts so i guess my topic after all that you know, rambling on is, you know, is it really right for states and municipalities to put up that much, you know, taxpayer money for stuff that doesn't have necessarily have a ton more uses than just these games, or should it all be on the owners as, you know, I mean, they're making money off of ticket sales and stuff like that. Uh, are you ready for reactions? Yeah, sorry. I... All right, here we here we go. This is going to be fun. Um, as a, the son of a Raiders fan, um, my dad being the Raiders fan in my family, um, I was relatively close to, like, um, I, I follow the Raiders pretty closely just because, like, I don't like them, but, like, that was my dad's team, right? And so I keep an eye on them and see how they're doing. Um, So I have something to talk about with them when we talk football. Um, And so I, I was pretty closely following the stadium situation in Oakland over the last about five years or so when it really started to pick up and the Raiders eventually made the decision to move to Vegas. Here's the deal. That the Coliseum was owned by the A's, or was owned by the city where the A's and the Raiders played, um, is still owned by the city. The city refused to build another stadium or upgrade upgrade the Coliseum. The Coliseum was a shithole. It wasn't bringing people in. And so, therefore, the Raiders got pissed. And they left. The A's are feeling out offers to leave. To go to different cities. Vegas is on the table. Tennessee is on the table. Um, there's several places with opportunities for Vegas to land or for the A's to land. The chart or the, yeah, the chargers and the Rams got together and built a stadium together owned by the two teams owners in LA to avoid that situation. The Wolves own for the most part, I think the city has like a 25% stake or something less than that, even in the stadium but they own the stadium there. Jerry World is owned by Jerry Jones. Mercedes-Benz is owned by the city of Atlanta, and that's already becoming a problem for Atlanta, for the Falcons. Um, You see these situations pop up all across the league. The Bills are on a fast track to leaving Buffalo. If this city... Was it approved that the city was going to build it? Or... Yeah, it's, it's owning this in the situation that they are in in Buffalo. Bill's Mafia is in serious eminent threat within the next 30, 35 years losing the bills unless they're going to put up taxpayer money again in 20, 30, 35 years to build another stadium. Unless, of course, the stadium is state of the art and they upgrade it continuously. But then at that point, the taxpayers are going to be paying higher tax rates right. for the foreseeable. So- Tax rates are already nuts in New York. Yes, this they just, are. The, the idea of cities owning arenas, owning stadiums, just does not sit well with me. 
my fiance's parents left Pittsburgh largely in part to that because they built Heinz Field with taxpayer money. It's going to piss off the residents and it's going to piss off the fans. They can't get a stadium built in 20, 30, 40 years. One thing that I uh, didn't get, hadn't gotten to yet was that ESPN ran an article. um, I think it was earlier today, but saying that the public cost of this new stadium will end up topping over a billion dollars because it's over the course of the lease, there's public money guaranteed to go to a fund to be used for maintenance and any upgrades. Yeah, if so, I'm correct, it's uh, $1.3 billion. Uh, I think that's what I've seen. Okay. I'm not sure, but don't, you know, don't tell me we're going on. I think right. I've seen, I think that's what I saw, but... I'm not 100% sure. As far as my reaction to it, the thing is, I really don't have much reaction to it. I, you know, I know Dante has the personal thing with it, and I don't because, okay, how would I rather have my taxpayer money spent on a stadium or on the roads? Because when they do the roads here in Florida, Dante can speak on it. They already don't do a good enough job. They don't do it here in New York either. And that's my thing. As a sports fan. Down here, we don't have a state income tax. In New York, they have one of the highest state income taxes. That's fair. Yes, we do. That's fair. I mean, I I look at it that way. Like, yeah, for you and I, we're paying for the Bucks new stadium because we're both in the vicinity that we both pay for it because we're both close enough according to zoning laws in Florida, which is stupid as hell. Um, <laughs> but it just goes in our, it goes to, into our grocery and food taxes, which is fine. I mean, okay, whatever. That, that's what it goes toward. They put it towards that instead of putting, or instead of repaving Alligator Alley, which they've needed to do for what, 75 years? Um, Have you been on 27? Have you been on I-4? Yeah, none of the highways in the state are paved. They might as well all be gravel roads that we're going 104 <laughs> miles an hour on. Um, they try, they try but, I four, but it's not working. But but at that point, at least I know it's going towards something, and it's not really affecting me. In New York, you're al- you're going to drive an already high state tax and local tax yeah. even higher. That's fair. Right, and I guess like I mean, me personally as a sports fan, I'm happy they reached an agreement because I didn't want to see the Bills leave. But I know the that millionaires. They're oh, I, I know, I, and, no, you know, on that same, you know, the, the I agree with you, I'm not. The biggest fan base, fran- or one of the, the franchise with one of the biggest fan bases in the country. Bill's Mafia goes all out. Bill's Mafia yeah. sells out even when you're losing. You've got the money. This is like the Ricketts not spending money in free agents. Build the fucking stadium. Oh, I know. I I agree with. You. I'm saying I'm happy that they reached a deal simply because I didn't want them to leave. But I agree that it's bullshit that it's gotten to this point where it's almost like a game of chicken, and now the taxpayers, many of whom could care less about football, you know, are paying over a billion dollars over the course of I think it's a 30-year lease. That's another thing. Now they're tied to Buffalo for 30 years, even if the stadium runs down and there's no guarantee the city's going to have That was well, the and so, in Oakland. And they're going to turn into the uh, that's the same, Commanders. That's the same issue that the Bills have had for the last, you know, how many years? Because Erie County owned Ralph Wilson Stadium, which has been the Bills' home since 72, and... It's a shithole, and that's why we are where we are now. Uh, When the last lease ran up in 2012, the state wouldn't build a new stadium. So they kind of slapped a Band-Aid on it. They renovated some things, but the deal was it had to be done this time around. So we're in this situation. So I agree with you. It's, you know, another 30 years, we're going to be in the same situation again. The NFL pisses me off. If you're a billionaire owner, if you're a billionaire owner, yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. If you're a billionaire owner and you're complaining about not having the money to do something, whether it's spend money on free agency while you go overseas to buy a soccer club or whether it's build a new stadium, 
I have no sympathy for you at all. Honestly, I hope you go bankrupt in the next five years because that's bullshit. It's bullshit. Yeah. Just spend the money. You've got it. Spend it. That was. You're not giving it to your kids when you die. We all know that. Just spend it. Yeah. I wish they'd spend some of it on the fucking sabers. But yeah, because they. The Pagulas also own the Sabres, who haven't been relevant. Actually, the last time they made the playoffs was the year the Pagulas bought the team. Uh, 2010. Oh, that makes sense. Congrats. You played yourself. (laughs) (laughs) All right. What do you have for us? All right. We're rolling with the... Cole's Corner. And now it's time for Winners and Wild Cards, presented to you by Circle B Diecast. Be sure to use promo code MUTINY to get free shipping off your order at CircleBDiecast.com. Uh, we're going to cover the race. So just in short. Three segments, Cole's Corner and Winners and Wild Cards? I thought we changed it. Or is it still Cole's co- Corner? It's Cole's Corner, but there's a little mini there's a sub-segment. Got it. Sub-segment. There we go. Okay, start that again because I fucked it all up. I'm sorry. <laughs> so we're going to start with the <clears throat> Coles Corner. I'm going to talk about the race last week and this week. I'm just going to do a short little recap. I don't know about y'all. Coda really didn't sit well with me. And yes, it was better than last year because last year was like a downpour and was a shit show. But it's sorry. I don't want to. I'll I'll wait. I'll wait. (laughs) But (laughs) should it stay on the circuit? In my opinion, no, I'm not sold on it. What do you got before I dive into the whole other? Why are, see cars, why are we taking cars that have face. already not handled well at all this year and we're putting them on an F1 track that is built for cars that can handle like freaking dreams? Hmm? Somebody explain. 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 Because it's NASCAR. They want viewership. They did it last year. I turned it off. When Joey Logano wrecked, I turned it off. I was like, nope, I'm done. I'm done. How, but how many times did Joey Logano wreck? I, oh, I wait, you turned it off, so... I turned it off the first time. <laughs> after he the said, first, after he Joe said left or right, his brake said, yes. <laughs> his brake said, you go that way, I'll go this way. We'll see what happens. Anyways, <sighs> most of the race was actually pretty lackluster. Uh, really, until you got down to the last, what, 30? I wouldn't even say 30, because it's such a big track. I'd probably say the last 15. But the best part of the race was the finish. If I know you said you turned it off, if you've seen the finish. I did not watch the finish. I saw clips of it afterwards. Okay, that's fair. I didn't see the finish. You had Almendinger move Chastain out of the way, and then all of a sudden Bowman, who backs into every win, find his way in the situation. And I was like, and in my head the whole time I'm watching, I'm like, please don't let Bowman win. Like, as much as I like him, I don't want to hear another... Yep, he backed in another win. He's a hack. And then just keep going around. Chastain returns the favorite Almendinger. And I just want to know how Chastain did it so perfectly to where he found a way to pinball Almendinger off of Bowman to where he could just get away free. I'm still shocked at that. Like, that was an immaculate move. Yeah. Yeah, that was. Uh, I'm assuming you're talking about the clip I saw where the man literally was like, on the other side of the track, like on the on the other half of the the lane there, and he just shot back across. Like you could tell it was very clearly intentional that he came back across and hit him. Is that the clip you're talking about? No. No. <laughs> Did we watch the same clip? Did we watch the same race? Hold on, I'm going to go to TikTok while you keep talking, and I'm going to clip this, and I'm going to send it to you. It was literally the last last lap of the race. They were approaching. It wasn't the last corner, but it was one of the last few corners. 
And they were all three right there. He did not go from one end of the track and just slam into all of them. Nope, he just perfectly placed himself to hit Almendinger. And then Almendinger smacked into Bowman. And I'd it like just worked. Videos today. You're going to have to give me a second. That was what made that track worthy. But, like, okay, so are we going to sit there? I mean, I can't say we're going to sit there because it happens every week. You know, there's certain tracks you race, like, where there's very little excitement till the finish. So I really can't say that. But there's a there's a nice thing. I've noticed a trend. Josh, I know you're a betting guy, just like me. Yep. If you want to bet on NASCAR, don't bet a winner. Bet the over/under on cautions. Okay. Always, always, always bet the over. Yep. Now I'm not saying you're always gonna win. Ninety percent of the time you're gonna win though, because like this past week, it was uh, six and a half, so you had seven cautions. and ended up with nine. Well, right off the rip, you're guaranteed your two stage breaks. So you're guaranteed two cautions right off the bat. And then there are certain tracks that do a competition caution. So then right then, you're guaranteed three. Right. So if you go by that trend of six and a half, right? So you're telling me there's not going to be a couple more cautions throughout. You're telling me during the restarts and the final end of the race, there's not going to be more cautions, especially during the end of the race, because these guys get aggressive way more than I've seen in the last 10 years. Right, especially on a road course. Oh, a road course too, yep. Or a short track, like next week, Richmond. Yep. I'm taking the over. It could read nine. I'm taking it. I'm a little disappointed. I missed the race this last week because I was watching basketball. And... I wish I had watched it just because I love watching. I mean, growing up 20 minutes from Watkins Glen, I love watching road courses. That's... Oh, road courses are one of my favorites. Road courses, short tracks. Fucking watermelon, man. Melon man got it done. And and the funny thing is, you know, everybody wants to oh, he wrecked him to win. Well, I've seen Almanager do the same thing. I mean, it's also his first career win, like. Of course, I if I'm in the same situation, yeah, I'm a, I'm gonna put a bumper to a guy to get my first career win. Right. Here you so, go. I'm sending it to you right now. Okay, it's the, let me see. the last clip they show. I'm sending. I'm texting it to you. Are you gonna text, I'll text it to my dad? My dad was gonna get that, and he's gonna be like, "What the fuck?" Is <laughs> kind of rednecky cousin fucking bullshit you be into. <laughs> Jesus. That's okay. got to be edited. <laughs> Cut that out, don't worry. I won't leave that in. That's what Cole says to his cousin every Friday night. I live in Florida. I don't have cousins here. They're all in Indiana. You just went on vacation. I don't know what you did. I went to Maryland, not Indiana. Indiana's close. Eight hours away. Hey, sometimes you got to drive that far. <laughs> I used to drive 12. To see someone That's that was toxic as shit, so That's let me not go into that. Oh, that's an infield fly, and I done fucked up. Okay, hold on, let me fast forward. Yeah, he didn't dive across the whole track. He did. He did. He 100% did. What? He 100% did. <laughs> Almanig was right there next to him. He just dug into him. Like, that's it, all it is. His wheels were sideways, my guy. <laughs> he did it on purpose. Yeah, Almond, well, of course he did it on purpose. It was the first career win. The only reason I have no problem with it is because if you if you watch the damn race, you would realize a few turns earlier, Almendinger used it to move him out of the way, so he just returned the favor. That's why I was cool with it. If it was just straight belligerent, like, nah, screw this, I'm getting the win, I might have had a little more issue to it. I probably wouldn't have had a big issue to it because, like, first career win, I get it. Do what, do what it takes. Elbows out. Right. Robin's racing. Yeah, Robin's racing. Thank you. That's fair. So, I mean, that's really all I got about the race. Like, it was a decent race, but I'm still not sold on it returning next year. If they do, they do. I mean, who are yeah. we to say? I'm not going to hate on it, but it's not. My, it wasn't my favorite race. Um, I'm going to... 
dive into this quickly because I really don't want to touch on this too much. Um, I know, what was it, after Atlanta, I think it was Wednesday that week, the penalties were announced of Koslowski. Huge penalties. Yeah, huge. Docked 100 driver like, points. What, 15th to 30th? Yeah, like Ooh, 30 seconds. Yeah, it's uh, bad. He was docked 100, 100 driver points, 100 owner points, and his crew chief was suspended four races and fined $100,000. Also, if Kozlowski does, say, make the playoffs, immediately right off rip, he's docked 10 playoff points. So he's already going to be starting off the playoffs if he makes it behind the ball. Yeah. Jesus. And the funny thing is, all of this is for a body modification of a single source supplied part. What that means is you can't touch it. And if it's damaged, which what I found out was apparently it was damaged some way, somehow, so they repaired it. If you repair it, you have to take it to NASCAR to get approval. They did not. They hit it. They did not. They just hit it. And then upon R&D, it was found out. So that's why the penalties came out. And then just this past week, I know it was already mentioned about uh, Bubba losing his wheel. Well, just like the past few years, whether it's single lug or five lugs, if a like with the five lugs, if a lug's missing or they're loose lugs, loose wheel, your crew chief suspended four races. Well, what can you do with the single lug if it's loose? Nothing. The wheel's going to fall off. It did. So Bubba's crew chief is suspended for the next four races. So. Were they suspending people off that first race of the season where everybody's lug nuts were falling off? Daytona? They, no, they never suspended them. Uh, there were a few that got, like, warnings, and then especially when you went into, like, practice and then, like, inspection and stuff like that. There was a lot of, like, car chiefs and engineers ejected. But, no, no one from Daytona got uh, suspended from at least my recollection. All righty. Well, so I was going to do the best paint schemes of the upcoming weekend, but I wasn't able to send it to you guys for you guys to do a vote. So I'll actually skip that and we'll try that again next week. Um, by the way, I'll just throw it out there just so when y'all see it Sunday, I think Kurt has the best paint scheme, Kurt or Kevin Harvick. That's and fair. I'm not even going okay. to mention it. When you see it, you see it. That's fair. This week I plan on watching, unlike last week. Richmond's a great race to watch. It's a short track. I love it. So, with that, I will go with my winners and wild cards. All right. Yeah, you've got a special edition here this week. Go ahead and introduce it. Give me like three seconds so I can add. I have. All right, go ahead. All right. So, with winners and wild cards. Each host chooses one winner as well as one wild card. And the wild card cannot be a race favorite. And what I mean, my race favorites, like, I don't want to say they can't have a win because, like, you know, McDowell has a win. He's not going to be a race favorite. So, like, if you want to pick McDowell as a wild card, that's fine. Also, you could pick, you know, someone like Kevin Harvick as a wild card. I'm going by more so who's run consistently so far this year. So, with who's run consistently this year, you know who's your favorite. Mm-hmm. So, who wants to go first? Go ahead and start it off, Mr. Hunt. I'll start it off. All right. Uh, my winner, Bowman. Hands down. He won it last year. I just like the way he runs. He's been pretty consistent this year. My wild card? Ooh, that's a tough one. Um... There's been a few races he's run consistently, but I still like him as a wild card, especially on an oval. I'm going to take Suarez. So what you got, Dante? All righty. My winner this week. My gut wants to go Joey. But my heart says Briscoe. I think he runs a hell of a race this week, and I think he's he's right there. Um uh, my wild card for this week. This is tough because I was talking about him earlier in the podcast, and um, I, I'm not a huge fan of him. 
But I th- actually, I think we were talking about him before the podcast started. I'm not a huge fan of him. But I think go Bubba, where I was I, I think Bubba's got chances a, a chance this week. I think he runs a hell of a race. I think he's up there in the top five, and I think he gives somebody a run for their money. I'm not sure he can win it this week, but I do think he's going to push some people, and he's going to be up there towards the the top five and be pushing that front group. Well, damn, I was just about to say Bubba Wallace is my uh, wild card, but. I guess I'll go with my winner. Uh, I'll go with Tyler Reddick. I, I know he hasn't had really a crazy year, has he? I I know I've he, missed a couple races, but... He's run pretty consistent. He's had a lot of bad luck. Um, okay. But that's, he's, no, that's actually a very solid pick. So I thought about it, but I was like, ah, I wasn't sure with Richmond. So, my wild card, I guess I'm not going to go Bubba Wallace anymore. I guess. Um, I know he won last week. Can I go with Chastain as my wild card? Because he won last week, but he hasn't been, you know, super consistent. No, he's been super consistent. He had like two, three in a row second place finishes. Oh, Oh, that's true. He did. All right. uh, Second. Fuck. I'll edit that out. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I there are like ten drivers that I can name off the top of my head, and most of them are elite. Right. The last couple of years, I've gotten a lot more into watching it, but all right. So I guess is my wild card. Um. I go with Austin Dillon. Does okay. that work? That that works. I mean, that's, that's you want to talk about a wild card. Whew, that's a wild card. <clears throat> We're good. <laughs> Sorry, that was. No, he's yeah, Austin. Whew. All right, no, I guess William Byron. That would be. More real, realistic, wouldn't it? Yeah, that's a favorite, though. That's a problem. Oh, is it? okay. <laughs> yeah. I promise yeah. next week I'll be better at this. I'll be no, nah, you're good. Prepared. Like, Austin Dillon is a wild card. I, just, I mean, you I can don't... have the same wild card as me. Yeah, that is true. Okay, then I guess I'll go with Bubba just because I know that while he hasn't been real great, it seems like he shows flashes of, okay, I think he's going to be good, like, almost like he's on the cusp of being a good driver, you know, doing what he did in earlier series, but he just hasn't. He does have a Talladega, lot of bad luck. Right, and other than Talladega last year, he hasn't won, but I agree that he's got a lot of bad luck, and I think at some point that team is going to put it together. I mean, he's got great role models in Kurt Busch and Denny Hamlin. And I think, I think he's learning from his mistakes. It's just taking longer than certainly than Michael Jordan hoped, but yeah. And then, you know, I'll save this for a topic of another podcast, but he has the same bad luck that Danica had and that Haley Deacon has right now just caught up in incidents that aren't his fault. There are some incidents where he actually gets himself into, and you're like, really, dude? And Danica it, it and Haley does the same thing. experienced of a driver he is at times. Yeah, but, so, you know, you kind of want him to succeed, just like, you know, a lot of us wanted Danica, and we want Haley to succeed. But it's just bad luck, bad time, you know? I can, I'll dive into that later. <laughs> I'll do a segment of that, you know, maybe next week. All right. Well, are we ready then to hop into our weekly pickums? Yeah. Can uh, do you want me to stop the recording real quick first for thirty-six at? minutes? Ah, it's all right. We've had pretty good luck with it picking it up. So. Okay.
Um, <clears throat> let's just roll our pickums real quick and wrap up. All right, so our pickums this week, we're going to all pick our final four winners as well as our national champion. That'll round out our pickums because we picked our race in wild cards or winners in wild cards. You want to throw uh, the Frozen Four in it? Is that this weekend? It'll be the... It starts Monday. Is that the first Frozen Four game? Or is that Monday. The... Monday's the Frozen the Four, and then the championships Wednesday. All right. Um, so it's up. It's up to you. I just thought I'd throw it out there. I had this. Let's in my save head that. Let's just do the championship because I don't okay. want a lot of college hockey, but I'll know the two teams that make the championship. So, I think Michigan's going to win it regardless. So yeah. I was just going to say that because Quinn Hughes um, or the Hughes brothers. All right, so we're going to pick our final four. Sorry. All right, let's head to our pick'em section now. We're going to pick the final four winners. So the winner of Kansas and Villanova, as well as the winner of Duke, North Carolina. And then we'll pick our champion for the year or for the season as well. We're going to go, I'm going to go ahead and start us off here for Kansas Villanova. I've got Villanova pulling this one out. Um, Kansas is a good team, but Villanova is just something special when it comes to March. Um, most wins since 2015 in the tournament. Villanova is just, they are the definition of elite when it comes to March, when it comes to this tournament clutch that head coach knows what he's doing over there he's built them into a powerhouse they've turned into a borderline blue blood blue blood over the last seven to ten years and i don't see that streak ending i think villanova not our pulls it out there that being said let's head to duke north carolina rivalry rivalry week part three this is gonna shock or wouldn't it be part three no because we oh didn't yeah you guys didn't ACC. play in the acc tournament we should have, but we didn't. Um, I have North Carolina pulling this one out. I think it's going to be close. We're going to get a rematch of 2016's national championship, um, this time in New Orleans. And now for my champion, this time North Carolina doesn't fall just short on a last-second heave from Jenkins that breaks the heart of all who likes who like the baby blue. Um, North Carolina pulls it off. I think they win by two scores in the Natty. And North Carolina is your 2021-22 national champions. Cole, what do you have? Well, also, you kind of picked with your heart there, but that's fine. Uh, it's easy. Kansas, Villanova. Give me Kansas. I know Jay Wright has, like, just this special little... He's got this, like, powder dust when it comes to Final Four that he puts in his players' Gatorade. Uh, NCAA, (laughs) don't investigate me on that. Um, (laughs) Duke, NC, uh, no, give me Duke. I mean, I know it's going to be a great game. Both Final Fours are going to be a great, like, games are going to be great, like, no matter what. But I'm just going to take the higher seeds. I'm going to take the safe bet. Now, when it comes to the championship... Kansas. I think Kansas is going to win the championship. They're going to send Coach K out. No, nope, you're not going out on the sunset. You're going out at sundown. So, good night. I just want to see Coach K lose or end his season on a loss. I don't want him to want to see him retire hoisting that trophy. But nothing would make me happier than to watch Roy Williams sit there and sm- grin ear to ear as Coach K cries on the sideline and Roy Williams sits there in his Chevron baby blue sweater vest in the stands watching uh, Hubert Davis just end everything that Coach K has worked for this year. I just nothing would make me happier as a North Carolina fan than to watch him cry on the sideline as his team loses in the Final Four. I feel like it'd be better if he lost in the championship. No, I, I hate rival Duke, North Carolina. Man, that's rough. You lose. The, listen, Josh, the pain and agony that Duke has caused me as a North Carolina fan over the last, the entirety of my life. I know. Would be better. I, just, I hate Duke. I've just always had, a, you know, I, I respect the hell out of Coach K. I'd, but so that segues perfectly into my picks. I've got Kansas over Villanova. Uh, and then I've got Duke edging out Carolina. 
And then Duke's I've got Carolina. What's that? Duke's doing what now to Carolina? Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> That's staying in, damn it. Um and then I've got Duke beating Kansas in the championship. Uh Coach K ends his career with a championship. Ugh. We're no longer friends, Josh. Wow. It's okay. We'll be friends again when I'm beating you in the standings because North Carolina won a natty. <laughs> Honestly, the fact that North Carolina even made it this far under Hubert Davis is shocking. Enough. But to see Hubert Davis end the greatest coach of all time's career in the Final Four would be nothing it great. It would be than hilarious. A Cinderella story to end all Cinderella stories. That would be um, something fun to watch. I just but want to throw in a last Saturday little nugget. Saturday is going to be a great day of basketball. I'm looking forward to it. The Final Four is shaping up to be a great one this year. It should be good. Cole, give us your last little nugget, and I'll wrap us up for the week. Uh, there was just news about five minutes ago. Apparently, Tampa Bay is getting rid of the remaining two years on Todd Bowles' contract for a new long-term deal, which is five years. Oh, wow. All right. Well, so looks like he's staying around. There. I think that's a mistake on their part, but... You know, go off. Yeah, you know, terrible decision. But you'll have it. To is, it is the Buccaneers. Most of their when you fire him in three years, you'll have to pay him more, and that's funny for everybody involved. Yeah, the yeah. money hasn't come out on it yet. It was just a few minutes ago I got the notification they were doing that. So I don't know the terms. That's, and the that's money. For, that's funny for anybody that follows the NFL except for Bucks and Bucks fans. Yes, I have some Bucks fans, so I'm curious to see how they've reacted to it so far. Oh, I just got cost stealing. Um, all right. With that, ladies and gentlemen, we thank you for another for following us for another great episode. We thank you for joining us this week. As we mentioned last week, if you want to be part of the conversation, message me at at Dante underscore Ferris on Twitter. Message the brand on any of our family of pages, NCAA, NFL, NBA, NHL, NASCAR, um, MLB, MLB as well. Um, message us on our email at O-F-F-I-C-A-L mutiny at gmail.com we messed up spelling official you can blame Des for that it's official without the second I <laughs> so oh, official mutiny at gmail.com that will hopefully be changed at some point but message us there um, and Des is never going to live it down never ever um, I, th- I feel like we just need to keep it at that point yeah, we're, we're going to keep it. I mean, at this point, it's beautiful. It's funny. If you want to be part of the conversation and join in, chime in, give us some input on our podcast, or just be featured on the show by one of your hot takes, as Mark Schistler was last week, um, just go ahead and reach out to us at any of those contact points. Join the conversation. We hope to see you all soon. See you all next week. Peace. Have a good one. <laughs>